Are you looking for a new job? bit of fairness and compassion is required. Are you familiar with the legal system? Well, what about becoming head of Legal Aid Victoria? Because after 10 years, the current managing director has announced that he's stepping down. Bevan Warner joins us in the studio. Hello. Good morning, Ellie. A decade is long enough in the job? I think so. Most people would say it's probably um, about the time to get out. <laughs> Gee, I tell you what, you must have seen some enormous changes in 10 years with an institution like Legal Aid. Well, yes, and I was reflecting on that in last night, thinking about come on, coming onto your program. And I guess it starts with the global financial crisis back in 2008. You think about the big societal trends and what we've seen is this... Uh, concerning creeping individualism, I think, as a consequence of the way we've come out of the global financial crisis with a rise in income inequality, I think mainly driven by the casualisation of work and underemployment. So people on the margins of society, legal aids clients, I think are doing it tougher now. And it's more fragile, a more fragile existence as people try to make their way in the world. Are we less compassionate? Is that what you... Yes, I think that we're less communal-minded and we're more interested in keeping what we've got and there's a tendency towards othering. So uh, where there are problems in society, it's generally that person or that individual's fault rather than a, a part of a systemic failure or a structural inequality. And I think that's been the big trend that I've seen, along with the rise in social media and the way in which public discourse is takes place, but mm. that would be my observation over 10 years. And, and how that has changed the justice debate is a, is a hugely interesting question. Bevan, we were talking about how things have changed, how the debate has changed. Uh, we've become more individualistic, if you like. What does that do to the justice debate and what does that do to how legal aid has to frame what it does? Well, what I, what I think it does, it focuses on individual accountability rather than structural barriers to justice. Um, but if I start with some positives and then show how they've actually complicated matters, we've had in the, the three big things that have been achieved in the last 10 years include the National Disability Insurance Scheme, which was a very positive expression from the community, bipartisan, that all people, including people who live with disability, should be assisted to realise their rights and to live productive lives and to offer a helping hand and to spend the money that's required. We've had a really positive change in community attitudes around family violence and we say, no, it's no longer a private matter, it's a public matter, we're going to intervene, we're going to provide sanctions, we're going to provide safety and support and we recognise that family violence is a pathway to dysfunction and to children living adult lives and perpetuating that dysfunction. So there's an individual moral obligation and a societal benefit to intervene in family violence. Victoria's led the way but I think it's been an Australian trend for 10 years. And most recently, we've had the marriage equality debate, which is really shorthand for we're not going to tolerate discrimination anymore. So there's some, been some real positives. But along the way, and one of the unintended consequences of family violence reform, is that we've tended to categorise people into good and bad, the perpetrator and the victim. And the perpetrator is then demonised and the victim is um, assisted. And in our experience of people, um, we need to continue to look at people as more than the worst thing that they've done and to maintain a deep respect for individual human dignity. And I'll use the example of the Sex Abuse Royal Commission, which is another very, very significant 
activity on the justice landscape. That tells stories of young people who've been abused, who've gone on to live life a life of reckless endangerment with self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, potentially going on to offend, potentially going on to prison, potentially acquiring um, cognitive impairment. And at some point on the road, those children who we cared for and had empathy for, we start to lose that empathy and we see them as offenders or our prison population. Or... And is that what you see as at Legal Aid, that you see people who have gone through something that was horrific for them, but we no longer care about that because they've become something else? Absolutely. I think that we start with a empathy for other people. And I think over the last decade, we've become more punitive as a society, more individualistic, more fearful. It's less uh, easy to have a debate about what good would look like from society's point of view. So if I talked about prison reform, um, early on in the decade, if uh, Victoria had fewer police officers on the beat relative to another state, some people might have said that was a good statistic because we're investing in nurses and teachers and other things. But somewhere along the line in the last decade, it's become an indicator of failure and that somehow we're less safe because we have less police on the beat. And so... But is that, it's just to a point, is that not a reasonable uh, reasonable conclusion to, to come to? And particularly, I mean, I don't know what you make of the current uh, conversations in this state about gang violence, yeah. about Sudanese gangs that have been particularly labelled police brutality, allegations of that. We're seeing that just in the last couple of days. Yes, so I think it is a reasonable conclusion. If you jump forward to what uh, extra policing will do, bring more people into the justice system, more people into the correction system, um, we've also had debates about, well, if Victoria has uh, lighter sentences for similar category offending than some other states, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's in the eye of the beholder because if you follow the evidence going to prison is criminogenic. You're more likely to commit more crimes if you go to prison than if you're diverted into a community-based order which can assist you to tackle the underlying causes of your offending, which might be deeply rooted in some childhood trauma um, or some other activity. People aren't sort of born bad. And all I'm saying is that over the last decade, conversation about structural reform and what society needs to do has tended to um, focus on othering the individual and making it the individual's fault. Now, if we, we've become more American and less Scandinavian in that respect. And if you think about the, the next big thing to solve um, would be drug law reform. And we've seen in continental countries that with leadership associated with drug law reform, um, you can get many, many positive benefits. And the sad state of affairs in Australia is I think that those big debates are very difficult to have because of the fear of being wedged. So what does that mean for whoever takes your job at Legal Aid and for the way Legal Aid is funded, for the resources that you can get, for the people that you see and for the demand for your services? Well, we've become um, better, I think, and more confident in using the experience of our clients to focus or spotlight on what's not working in the system. We have to be very... Um, careful to make sure that we're never involved in a partisan debate, but that we're only using the practice wisdom that we accrue from working with clients to showcase how things aren't working as intended. 
Um, but we also have to find our voice to make sure that um, the community understands what VLA is doing in their name because VLA is much more significant in terms of it, it provides a bigger benefit beyond the individuals who directly get assisted by assisting people and keeping the way power is exercised um, to within the constraints of the law, we're helping other people and society who don't directly need a service from us. So we have to actually spotlight what's not working. And drug law reform is needed for these reasons, and that is that um, there are huge criminal profits um, being uh, propping up organised crime. It costs $8 billion a year to not win a war on drugs that can't be won, and that's top cops and top people saying that. But we can't seem to have a debate in Australia about what better would look like. And we know that the toxicity and the long-term effects of ice on people's um, impulse control is driving into family violence, driving into dysfunction, but we can't have a discussion because there's so much taboo and stigma associated with illicit drug use. People aren't able to declare that they've got a problem or refer themselves into programs and there aren't enough programs because the resources are going into this prohibition-style activity that's proven not to work. So who, who are your clients and how have your clients changed in the last 10 years? Well, we assisted 90,000 Victorians last year in some way. We also assisted over 160,000 with uh, legal advice over the telephone through 24 bilingual uh, lawyers or 24 different languages. Um, but it's so tight, eligibility for legal aid is so tight, 14% of people are understood to live below the poverty line in Australia, and that's the Productivity Commission's assessment, and only 8% would qualify for legal aid on financial grounds. So we are dealing with people who are very marginalised. Um, and who are largely in what sort of trouble? Well, half of our clients would be in... Uh, charged with some form of criminal offence. Our biggest growing and most concerning program is our child protection program. So we assist parents and children who are uh, children who are being uh, removed from their families and parents to negotiate the arrangements in which those children will be um, cared for out of home. And of course, we know that's a very, very difficult decision for the state to come and intervene and rescue a child or assist them to be safe. But we also know that they're not always guaranteed to be safe out of home. Mm. Um, and, and that's our third biggest spending program. We're spending nearly $30 million a year. So you're helping parents. I'm, I'm trying to understand yeah. what, what, uh, what well, role the parent has once the state has intervened to remove a child. Well, we're helping, we're helping children um, to have a voice in adult decision-making about who, who they will be cared by and what contact they will have with their parents, whether they have to change schools or not, whether they will get to continue to live with their siblings or not. How do you do that? Do you do it in a, uh, obviously not in a court setting? but in Yes, a... we, we assist um, children and parents in the children's court, in the family division of the children's court. But in your broader question about who, who are our clients, um, we have a large family law program, a very large child protection program, a very large family violence program. Half of our work is involved in assisting people uh, with who have been charged by police, most of which 90% would be in the lower courts. So we're talking about um, breaches of family violence orders. The very positive impact of family violence reform has been to drive huge numbers of people to the courts and also the lack of services which we're starting to address in Victoria for 
men in particular to change their behaviour can mean that we're getting repeat incident, repeat instances of people coming back to court on breaches of family violence orders. So the, all of these positives that I'm talking about are also producing a tremendous congestion in the court system. Unintended consequences, yes. if you like. I have to say that it's, a, it's, I mean, it's an extraordinary challenge. You're not exactly selling the job. I mean, <laughs> it's a... Yeah, I mean, for, for anyone who might be interested in doing what you've done, I mean... Well, it's a great privilege the, to, to, to lead an organisation like Legal Aid and the, and the pleasing thing that um, your listeners should know is that uh, Victoria, relative to other states, has a rich tradition of philanthropy. There's a tremendous um, commitment to pro bono work um, by the private profession assisting people with legal problems. That's got stronger over the last decade. Our community legal centre movement's got stronger, stronger over the last decade. Our private practitioner involvement has probably stalled or struggled as they struggle to make ends meet as doing legal aid work becomes more and more marginal for them. But the foundations are strong. The need is enduring. We'll never have... Are you well-resourced, do you think, bearing all that in mind? Well, we're we're always playing catch-up, and this is the the problem with um, the way government functions. Unfortunately, the Commonwealth has gradually um, withdrawn from legal aid so the state's been left to pick up the bill. Um, but at the same time, the state's driving a lot of the activity to us as they're responding to community expectations for community safety, uh, tougher laws, um, more presumptions against bail, all those sorts of things which make our work more time-consuming, more complex, more costly. Um, and we, we tend to have to demonstrate that we're actually in crisis after the crisis has been proven mm, mm, to, say, to get the matched funding. But, you know, we, we're, I'm optimistic about our future because I think we've got a, a great, talented bunch of people and tremendous support from partners and, and, I, know, and I think, hopefully, an awareness in the community that legal aid is, needs to be seen as part of the social safety net. You should want your taxes to go to legal aid without any expectation of you ever expecting a service yourself. Sure. But as you say, you, you're the ones who can find where the holes are. That's right. Uh, if I can put it that way. Thank you very much for coming to talk to us. We wish you all the very best for post-legal aid life. One hopes that you can just have a long rest. Thank you. <laughs> Bevan Warner there, Managing Director of Legal Aid, retiring from that position after 10 years. So there you go. There is a job available should you be interested.